What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Well, it feels like a long wait, but after a 26-game regular season, the A-League finals are upon us. Six teams remain in the hunt for the title, and it all starts tonight with Adelaide United hosting Wellington Phoenix before a big Sunday derby, Western Sydney. Sydney kicking off tomorrow night. Andy Harper is back with us once again, of course, on the captain's run. Andy, good morning to you. Yeah, very good morning to you, Sam. Exciting time. Finals always brings that sort of buzz, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it's high stakes now, so six remain. Soon to be four, of course. Melbourne City, Central Coast line, wait for the winners of these two games. But the loser goes home, Andy. And I've, I've got to ask you, um, Reds Phoenix, can we have a look at that? Is this, is this a hard one to call? I mean, Adelaide obviously coming in off the back of four games without a win haven't kept a clean sheet since goodness knows when. And then Phoenix scrape in on the final day. So how do we how are we to read this one? Yeah, well, this is one of those classics where two teams have limped across the line in relative terms. I mean, certainly for Adelaide, their post-Christmas form basically has been outstanding. But it has flatlined a bit in the last month. Uh, Wellington Phoenix could have had a... I mean, there was talk a few weeks ago of Wellington challenging for a top-two place. They're... they're and their plateau has been more stark than the Reds. I mean, I think through the season, the number I saw quoted is that Wellington Phoenix have blown 25 competition points from a winning position. That means they've led in a match mm. uh, and, and seen 25 points slip from that from that that, 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 uh, that position. So, I don't know, if you, as a Wellington fan, you can go into this thinking the team's actually got the fibre to get through. But then you have to realise that these are one-off games now, of course, and that fibre problem, if there is one for Wellington, would be a big concern if we were going into another mini-league format. That is, week after week, they don't show that they've got the medal to do it. But on a one-off game, they've got the talent to win, and, and you know, that's what Adelaide confront tonight. Of course, you know, they've got the talent to do it as well. Unbelievable, exciting football can be played by the Reds, but are they going to be able to dish it up when Wellington turn up tonight? So you're in the car on the way to the airport to watch this one. It's a Cooper Stadium. Now, you've got to go all the way back to March. I mean, that's their most recent uh, most recent meeting. And the, the Reds got it done 5-1, did they not, Andy? So they, they won't be going in uh, glass half empty, I wouldn't have thought. No, not at all. But that's when Adelaide were at the peak of their powers. So that, 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 that was in at the, the, really in the heart of their fantastic post-Christmas run where mm. Mate, they were just having the Midas touch and playing with great fluency and belief and um, doing, a, doing an unbelievable job. And for some reason, in the last month, um, and they've had some difficult opponents. You know, the Central Coast Mariners have proven their worth by second-place finish. They um, had placed, Adelaide had them last week. Sydney, actually, a couple of weeks ago, who in the run into the finals have been rebuilding their own reputation. Um, and so they've had found some pretty difficult opponents. Look, Wellington in the current guys aren't going to be in that sort of formidable nick, but they've got the talent to really cause an upset, which I think it will be if Adelaide uh, put in the pine box after the game tonight. I really can't see it. Um, and if, if Wellington can find enough to push them, it's just going to add to the occasion. All right, let's move on to the other one, shall we? And there, um, I must say, there's all sorts of historical context with, with this Sydney derby, the 35th edition of it, Andy, and for the first time ever, they meet in a in a final. Um, how are we to read this one, given Sydney unbeaten in their last five? In fact, they're probably the form team of the four teams in action this weekend, aren't they? Yeah, well, they're, 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 
Yeah, that, I, I think so. I probably think so. Two weeks ago, West West and Sydney Wanderers were the form team in the comp. And what they did uh, to Wellington Phoenix, as it turned out, was just amazing. Um, look, the Sydney Derbies this year, each one of them, and it's the first time probably ever since this um, since this head-to-head has been running that the three contested matches have just been such thrilling games. The last one was the Wanderers' complete humiliation of Sydney. It was great for Wanderers fans, and it really signalled the re-emergence of the Wanderers. They've been in the, in the top six for most of the season, but you know this win against Sydney away in that derby really confirmed, maybe to themselves even, but certainly to a viewing gallery, that the Wanderers could properly do something this year. The point about the derbies this year is that the away teams won every match. Yeah. So the, Wander- the Wanderers won at uh, Sydney Football Stadium 1-0 in the first instalment and 4-0 in the second. Um, and Maxie Burgess scored for Sydney in the away one for Sydney at Parramatta, which is the venue for tomorrow night's game. So oh, I don't know how you split this one. Sydney are in reasonably good nick. There's not many teams uh, in the finals who'll be relishing the chance to play them on form except perhaps the Wanderers, who can get them back in their own home dunghill and have a crack at them when they've been in great form themselves. I mean, it's the first time they've played each other in a knockout match. Um, and, I mean, you know, without the fan disturbance around this, the politics uh, that's going on between the, some fan groups and the governing body of Australian professional leagues, this, this one would be completely off the Richter, really. I mean, even as it is, the anticipation in Sydney is electric. Yeah, so just on the fans, I mean, Sydney's cove are boycotting, I think, the entire final series, aren't they, Andy? They've said it, which is a bit of a sad yeah. state of affairs. And Western Sydney, I mean, they're also playing their first final in, in six years. Forget the Sydney derby. They haven't been there for a long time either, but I'm not sure their fans are going to show up either, are they? Oh, no, they are. The RBB, the Red and Black right. Block, that's the, that's the designated name of the, of the act, active fans. These are the, for your listeners in, 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 in Australian football parlance, we talk about the active fans as the group um, that aggregate behind one of the goals. Yep. Um, they're the ones who are responsible for singing, uh, you know, beating drums. There's these magnificent TIFOs that these fan groups, particularly the Sydney in the Sydney derbies, you know, the, the effort that the fan groups go to these huge banners that are unfurled before kickoff. Um, so these are the active fan groups. This is where the angst is between. Uh, they and APL, the RBB, have said um, that they're going to attend the finals matches. Sydney FC's version, the Cove, publicised a couple of weeks ago that they were officially out. Um, very disappointed they were with the, uh, as they reported and as they perceive it, zero action from APL on some assurances that were given. In, in all likelihood, this could be getting down to just a breakdown in communication. I don't know. Um, I understand the anxiety of the fans. They feel as though they've got nowhere else to go to make their point. Um, but equally, it's disappointing for the players and for the occasion that, that what, have, what, have, what have been great contributors to the sport and to these uh, to these fixtures over the time that they've been in existence, that, that one part of them is not going to be there tomorrow night. Uh, you know, but I'm sure they'll be supporting their team from some other vantage point, probably television. Yep, and that, and that Melbourne City Central Coast semi-finals, whoever they may be against, will be played over two legs, of course, and we're looking forward to those. I wanted to chat to you about the A-League All-Stars clash as well, Andy. And with Barcelona, it was a real hit. Unfortunately, the news uh, yesterday, officially anyway, that this year's proposed clash with Bayern Munich has, has collapsed. Now, w- what's happened here? Well, I think it's a bit of a 
Oh, well, that's really disappointing because, um, you know, APL, had a, they rolled out, well, they redid and then rolled out the, the All-Stars concept last year against Barcelona, and it was a fantastic occasion. Mm. It was just to 70,000 people at the Olympic Stadium in Sydney, and um, the team did really, really well, and it was, you know, Darren Quall came off the bench and nearly dropped the dax at the Barcelona defence to win the game. It was just great. It was just a great celebration of football. So I wanted to make that an annual thing, completely understandable. I, I hate to tie the two, but when we get back to the furor between the fans and APL, um, you know, the whole decision of the grand final caused a lot of, has, has caused a lot of heat, really a lot of heat. And part of the APL's response to that was, well, you know, we'll move through. We're going to make the grand final week a fantastic thing a festival of football. Um, and despite errors that may have been made or whatever, people will see that we can put on a great show for the week and, and, and fans will flock to it. Um, that was the theory. Now, the, you have to assume that the A-League All-Stars match was part of that festival of football um, and that it's not going ahead now, seemingly, and sort of deflates that concept. Very, very disappointing. Um, the reason that I'm told... Uh, and I can't verify it, but you've asked, and I'll pass on what I've heard and what I know, is that part of the deal with the New South Wales government to secure the next three grand finals, which has caused a lot of the controversy, didn't include the fee that would have to be paid for a foreign team. Right. Um, and so the government, uh, we're, we're, we're told, uh, the new government, or maybe any government, maybe the existing government, um, if it was to have been returned to power, had decided that, well, we've done the deal on the grand finals, that's your kitty, there's no more in the pot to actually then pay the appearance fee. Um, and so APL we couldn't access those funds, it wasn't forthcoming from, from the New South Wales government, uh, and so the, the pin has had to be pulled. Um, and it's, a very, it's very disappointing for the organisation, I'm sure, and for the fans who'd be looking forward to the continuation of that fantastic concept, which I think as a post-season celebration of the game, uh, if you can get it right, like they did last year with Barcelona, is a great thing, the All-Stars. And, of course, it would have brought in the women's All-Stars as well. We would have had Liberty A-League women's All-Stars representation against the European team as well, and it would have... The plan actually sounded great, but delivering on that's been a little bit more difficult, evidently. Yeah, it's a real shame, a real shame, that development. Hey, there's a lot of Serie A fans in Australia right around the world, Andy, and, and Napoli uh, overnight won Serie A. First title in 33 years. I mean, it's amazing to think that Diego Maradona was going around the last time they lifted this silverware. It's a, it's a big moment. It is, and look, I can't claim fandom of Napoli. Um but I have to say, if pushed, and I follow a team there by any sort of distance, it is Napoli. And that's because one of my more treasured teammates during my career was his family was from Naples, and he just used to love them. And I got infected to a certain extent by that. I'm thrilled. I mean, it, may, it will mean the world to the city of Naples. Uh, we saw the scenes of that, as you quite rightly um, referred to, the, the era of Maradona and just quite how magnificent it was. And, and you know... When Italy and that 1990 World Cup, on the back of the Maradona thing at at, at Maradona at, at Naples, um, a lot of that city was going for Argentina in the 1990 World Cup before they were going for Italy. I mean, that's how passionate they are about about this football club. What it did then in the 90s, it's taken them till now. Um, it's a fantastic sports news story, and, and I'm I'm thoroughly thrilled for them and and. 
and the Napoli fans uh, who, who do exist in Australia be listening to this commentary. Yeah, certainly a lot of passion over there. I reckon they'll know how to celebrate as well, Andy, uh, the Napoli fans. Hey, the EPL, Man City lead Arsenal by a point, having played a game less. It would appear as though... It's Pep sides to lose. They've got five games left. The yeah. Gunners four. Although City have got an enormous Champions League semi final against Real Madrid to navigate next Wednesday as well. What, what's your read on this? Yeah, well they've got those five on two fronts. You're right. Look, I would have last time we spoke about this, I, and I haven't complete. I'm not going to completely retract my view. <laughs> but I think I think Arsenal's wobbles just pretty much open the gate for Manchester City, and of course it suggests that with a, a yeah. game in hand and a point lead. So, I'm not. I'm not sort of reinventing the world with that con, with that discussion. But here's the but. Um, maybe Arsenal have dealt with their wobbles. They've had a really strong win against, albeit a faltering Chelsea. Um, but maybe they're back in their mojo. And the point is, um, keep putting some pressure on Man City, particularly dovetailed against this Champions League semi-final series against the Europe's most dominant club in history, Real Madrid. Now. The reason why this is significant, obviously, and your fans will, will obviously as well um, uh, uh, respond and understand this, is that that's the holy grail for Manchester City. I mean, they've won the league. That's sort of like I've been there, done that. The one that they haven't got that they really desire yep. is the Champions League. Yep. And, and that could just take away enough attention, enough it could, I'm not saying it will, it could take away enough attention on the domestic run if Arsenal can maintain the pressure one little wobble and the Gunners can be passed. And so, so that's the only way it's going to work for Arsenal. They've got to obviously believe uh, and keep performing strongly um, and, and hope with pressure that they put on Manchester City that there's going to be a slip uh, up north. And it's, it, it's um, Well, the Champions League might provide it. And so let's see. It's going to be fascinating. Geez, you've done a good job of adding some uh, intrigue there, Andy. That's a broadcaster's uh, one wood, and you've done it immensely well. Hey, Erling Haaland as well. What an athlete. Um, I think he's six foot four in the old, 194 centimetres. Just moves so well. Broke the EPL scoring record for goals in a single season this week as well, and a record that has stood for a long, long time. That's Andy Cole, Alan Shearer territory. Well, it's phenomenal. I mean, he obviously uh, was, a tra- was a huge money transfer. He was doing incredible things at Dortmund. Um, and so they spend a lot of money on him. It's, it's never a guarantee that a transfer is going to work. You know, recruitment can always be a difficult thing. Uh, but the tra- I don't think anyone would have, in their wildest expectations, thought that Holland was going to win this strong uh, in his first time of asking. It's quite a phenomenal performance, and he's knocked off some incredible performances to win it. I mean, the Alan Shearer, Andy, I mean, it's incredible, really. Mm. Um, first season in the Premier League. Um, it's a very international league now, more so probably than it was in those days. So less difficult for big foreigners to, 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 to make the move into the EPL because it is so cosmopolitan. The other advantage for Holland, of course, is that, you know, his dad's from Manchester City. That's where he played his stuff. So there's a, a degree of familiarity. I mean, it doesn't make... It doesn't make it that he's going to score goals, but I don't know. To, to, you've got to find some answer, to, apart from his brilliance. There's been plenty of, plenty of brilliant strikers who've gone into the Premier League and not won this gong. 
up until now. It's an incredible performance, yeah. really. He's it's it's just something special. He's adjusted and assimilated to the league so, so quickly. Hey, Andy, really appreciate your time, and not just your time, but your, your insights this morning. On the road, of course, you're bound for Cooper Stadium. We can't wait for it here. It's Adelaide United, Wellington, Phoenix. You can stream it on Paramount Plus and 10 Bold, where you will be behind the mic. Andy, best of luck with it, mate, and enjoy the game. As always, Sam, thank you.